He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We definitely see the light. And so, and we've always seen it. And so that's why we've just always been like, looking forward to go. So one thing we did is we, when all the restaurants were closed, we contacted a bunch of restaurants and we had them delivering food mm-hmm. to our houses. And so we would give, bring the, you couldn't go to the experience, but we would have the experience brought to you. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. People who are wired to create remarkable experiences that are anticipated and shared. This is the definition of a true destinationaire. If you've been following the show for a while, you would have recognized that earlier this year of 2020, we did the first ever Destination Air Award. This award was a huge success with over 50 nominations from around the world. From these nominations, only five received the title Destination Air. In this three-part series, you're going to hear from three of them, Bob, Jessica, and Robin. We're going to learn from what they've done to grow their business and to become a Destination Air, and how they plan to continue to grow and serve our industry and our guests. This is more than just being a hospitality provider or a property manager. This is about offering true experience, creating real moments, and connecting on a deeper level. Now follow along, because this is an experience you will not want to miss. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Uh, a little backstory on this episode, Jessica Albrego, who is now Jessica Hinton, uh, recently married, super exciting. She actually was on the podcast. We recorded an episode in the beginning of April, kind of the you know thick and thin of uh, the beginning of COVID. So we never actually published the episode, but we're here to follow up because a lot's happened. Obviously, like I said, she's now married and also one of the Destination Era winners. So I'm super excited to highlight her everything that she's doing and welcome to the show jessica it's awesome to have you thanks so much well i appreciate it of course well let's just dive right in i want to get into your background obviously uh you have a pretty intense and crazy cool story um with being in the air force and then leading into your adventure of starting barefoot vacation rentals so let's dive in and tell the audience kind of a little bit of about you so i started um I, well, I joined the military in 05. Um, that's when I graduated high school. And uh, I joined as a refrigeration mechanic, so I can fix pretty much anything that heats or cools. And uh, that path has kind of guided me to the housing world. I love fixing things and repairing things. And so I purchased my first house, and then I went on a trip um, to actually Mexico, and I stayed in the Airbnb, and I was like, I could totally do this. This is, I got this. And I live, I live in a small little town called Temecula in California. It's kind of like the Southern California of a version of Napa. So we have a bunch of wineries and I was like, I don't even know if it's going to do well, but I'm just going to try it. And so I started doing it. I, I was a single mom at the time with my two daughters and 
we gave it a shot and uh, we did really good the first year and then really, really good the second year. And I bought another house in San Diego. And, uh, you know, at first, when I first started, everyone was like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like you're going to let strangers in your house. Like you're absolutely nuts, you know? Then I bought the house in San Diego and they're like, okay, okay, okay. Now tell me what you're doing. I want to be part of this. What do I have to do? And so then I started helping a ton of friends start and now they're very successful and doing their short-term rentals. And I was like, you know, I think I'm pretty good at this. I started getting processes in place and checklists. You know, we know the military and we love checklists and ways of doing things, making sure everything's the same. And so I just used all the skills that I learned in the military to really benefit my business and just started doing checklists and having processes in place and being able to really take on more homes and be able to manage them well and not, um, and, and, and consistent, you know? And yeah. so that's definitely something I learned from the military. So, and then 2018 is when I officially started as Barefoot Vacation Rentals. Um, so I've been running it for a little over two, just about two years officially. And uh, we manage on average between 15 to 20 homes. We're always looking to bring on more. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started the story with the, with the military. Yeah. And I was going to say the, uh, the attention to detail and all the checklists and all that type of stuff really does benefit. <laughs> it drives my yeah. business partners nuts. Cause they're like, you need to calm down on all this. I'm like, no, we need to get this structured. It's just kind of a curse and never late. I've, I'm pretty sure you've probably never been late to a meeting. Um, you know, okay. So I'm from Hawaii. So okay. that oh, doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. take place. <laughs> I, I'm, <laughs> I'm usually like five minutes late for everything. And, you know, military is like, no, you have to be early. I'm like, okay, well, see, I was born in Hawaii. So I had like 25 years of being late was fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've got 15 like, years in the military, which I shouldn't be <laughs> by that point. So now it's not 15. Now it's just five minutes late. There you go. There you go. That's better. See, I was yeah. going to say, uh, it's a hard, hard habit to break, but I guess five yeah. minutes late in Hawaii is on time. So technically you are on time. We'll call, it, we'll call it even. It balances yeah. itself out. Well, I, re I first um, heard of you from um, Dave and uh, a couple other people through Rent, Re uh, Rent It Responsibly. Um, and that's kind of how I found out about your story with your girls and how your girls are involved in the business, kind of doing reservations and helping fix stuff and just super involved in the business, which is really cool. And I found really, really unique. Like, I don't think I've ever met anybody else that has their kids involved with dealing with guest issues and helping like fix a sink or do whatever. It's super cool. Um, have they always just kind of been really involved? Yeah. You know, being a single mom, I was a single mom for eight years. So um, I really had no choice but to get, use their help. And so sometimes reluctantly they helped, but for the most part they were, they were joyful and, um, but they're so handy. I mean, there's nothing really they can't do. I'm, we were out there, we managed their ex or my ex-husband's house, their dad, we managed it as a vacation rental and uh, his outlets were loose. And so I taught the girls how to shut the breaker off, pull the outlet out, put the new wires in, screw it all back in. And, you know, there's just skills the girls are going to learn forever. Like they're never going to yeah. forget that. Um, and being a refrigeration mechanic in the air force, the girls can like, I mean, we pretty much installed most of our homes have the Wi-Fi thermostats. Mm -hmm. We did it. Dang. You know, me and the girls, yeah. we just go over to the house and we just flip some wires around and put it back on the wall and call it a day, you know? And my, my they're now 11 and 12, but, you know, they yeah. started off at like six and seven. So yeah. it's nothing that they 
And I just want them to know that no matter what it is, it doesn't matter if it's building stuff or if it's cooking something, whatever they've set their minds to, they can do it. And you know? they're, I, I think they're little entrepreneurs in the, themselves, right? They have a YouTube channel and they do all sorts of other little things. Oh, they're like, they make me proud, you know? Yeah, so yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> so they have that we haven't done a video in a while just because life has been crazy. Yeah. But um, they they have a girls it's called Girls of All Trades on YouTube so you can go and watch awesome. them and see their little videos of how to install a Wi-Fi thermostat. Awesome. Um, and then they also start a little dog walking business in town so they're walking dogs and uh, one's doing cupcakes every day, every day like clockwork. She makes cupcakes because she wants because she wants to to master her skill. Wow. And, uh, I don't have to tell her, I don't have, you know, but now I just have a plethora of cupcakes. So <laughs> anybody want any, let me know. We'll just send them off. <laughs> I, say that, I was going to say that probably came really, uh, really handy for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they make the birthday cakes. They make like all the friends, everybody's cakes. They make them and stuff. They didn't end up making the wedding cake just because yeah. it was the wedding cake, but yeah. you know. That's pretty incredible. So I think that like really goes into the the leading experience of just creating an experience in general, right? When you have a business and we're in hospitality and vacation rentals, especially it's like your own little hotel, but you have multiple of them. And they're mm -hmm. like, when you're occupied, you're occupied. There's no like 30% occupancy at one property. It's hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. But then you spread out, you have 15 of them. So you can have, you know, out of your 15, seven. So it's kind of a unique scenario for a lot of people um, in the hospitality space, but I want to like dive into what you guys have created as a company, what you created as a brand and how really that family aspect has really played a big part. And I can tell just by seeing the reviews and obviously, like I said, you're a destination air winner. So we did a lot of research and going into like all the certain things that you guys are doing and doing uh, review checks and listing checks and all these other things. And just seeing that, I think um, you guys have done something that has brought in um, not only you as a family and as a brand, but then as a community. And I want to talk about that and how important that is and kind of what you've learned from doing what you do with these certain properties and property owners and your guests, but then how that really affects your overall community in the local area. Yeah, so we, I mean, we love bringing people to town. Temecula is a great town, Marietta. Um, they're both wonderful, wonderful towns and they're becoming more, people are finding more and more about it. And so on our website, we have like the Jessica's version of Yelp kind of thing. And so it's pretty cool. So, and then we partner with a bunch of wineries and a bunch of uh, restaurants and coffee shops. So, you know, we want to bring people into the local mama pop places. We want them to come eat at East Coffee or go and go to a, a Kosh winery. Um, you know, the family wineries, the family businesses, that's where we want to keep the money local. Um, and so we take so much pride and every guest gets a link and it's all digital. You know, it, it, was, it was interesting. At first, when I first started to get these, you know, they gave me like the wine tasting places, they have these little cards, like business cards, right? Buy one, get ones. They give me a stack of hundred, but I had, you know, at the time I had like 10 houses. So I'd have to go to each 10, each house, put 10 cards in by the weekend, they were gone. You know, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I have to think of something, you know, the military, I have to think of a, a solution for this. And so I was, I'm going to do it digitally. And I went to a couple wineries at first and they were like, oh no, no, we don't do digital. They always have to be on these little card things. And I was like, all right, well, I didn't stop. 
and that's my tenaciousness you know i'm just gonna keep <laughs> i'm just gonna keep going and so finally i got a couple wineries that said they would and so then i just showed what i made for all the other wineries on your phone and now i have almost every winery that's offering a buy one get one digitally on your phone and so now my guests don't have to print anything out i don't have to go to all the homes all the time to put new cards in you know, they just have to show their phone and they get the, their honor that discount. So it's kind of cool to bring in the whole community in the aspect of it so that I know they're going to go to this local place and that local place and benefit, you know, they're really like my friends, you know, so it's nice that I'm able to share that community wealth with everybody. Exactly. And you kind of become like a, not like a tour guide, but really just like a guide in general of the local area. Um, you think of like travel agencies that are booking all these trips and when they're booking your plane and your cruise or your whatever, your hotel, they then they're like, oh, this is a great spot for dinner. Let's book you a reservation. Boom, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I, your whole trip is now planned out. And it sounds like that's pretty much what you guys do. You have that whole opportunity to create that experience. Yeah. If you want to go on a hot air balloon, we've got that. If you want to go on a horseback riding wine tasting tour, we've got that. If you want to go pet a camel, we got that too. Dang. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, I mean, there's the, the ideas are, are endless and it, and people sometimes that call and they'll ask us, Oh, I'm not sure. And I'm like, okay, Monday you're doing this Tuesday. You're doing this. <laughs> yeah. you know? No, that's so. great. And it's like, you never think you'd want to pet a camel, but now that there's an option to do it, you're like, why not? And there then at go. the end of the camel, you get a little chocolate. She makes chocolates too. So you get a camel and you get chocolates. It's like, <laughs> that's, all right, I'm booking a flight right now. I'm on my <laughs> yeah. way. Guys, come stay verification <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Nice little plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to go into because, like I said, we taught, we met through kind of like Dave Krause and the Rent Responsibly crew and everything that they're doing. Um, what has been some ways that you guys have been advocates in the vacation rental space, whether it's in California or Temecula um, or in a global sense of being advocates? And what does an advocate really look like for? Um, you know, regulations and policies and just setting the standard for operations in general as, you know, the industry is really growing really quickly, especially with COVID, um, that we're seeing a huge thrust in, you know, the bad properties kind of getting weeded out, but then, or like bad managers as well. And then the really good ones sticking around kind of like yourselves and everybody else that won and was nominated for the Destination Air Award. So I'm kind of curious to learn about what advocacy looks like in that sense of really representing what you guys do. Well, so I was the president of the Short-Term Rental Alliance Group in Temecula. And so we met with the city council members, we met with the mayors, we tried to um, really advocate for the short-term rental world, you know, if proper regulations with noise monitors and cameras and the proper things in place, we really feel like we can um, offer the safety for the neighbors and the quiet, you know, noise for the neighbors as well. Um, unfortunately, the city of Temecula had decided that within the city limits, you're not able to do short-term rentals, but in the county of Temec or the county, you're still able to. And then in the city of Murrieta, um, they're also looking at doing some sort of regulation. The planning department just planned, just passed something that they're only going to allow um, certain zones of homes to be able to do short-term rentals, so all single-family zones. 
homes would not be able to. So we're still, we're working, we're trying to, you know, talk with the um, city council. It hasn't been passed into the city council yet. So we still have some work. We're still working. You know, I, I messaged about 200 people on Airbnb <laughs> homeowners like, Hey guys, did you know, you know, and a lot of people just don't know. And so I think with advocacy, it's really spreading the word and sharing and letting people know, you know, and, what's going on and a lot of people don't know about noise monitors they don't know the importance of cameras and so once we you know express the the importance of it then they will go ahead and use those and then their neighbors will be happy and so you know and occasionally unfortunately we always have those onesie twosie guests that you know just no matter how much you put in there you know and that's why you just have to write awful reviews and you know in, in our business we do fines and so that okay. works for the most part for us um if we have to call them after quiet hours to tell them to get in the house we charge them you know and if yeah. we have to show up we charge them more and the police are called we charge them even more you know and so we really hope that they manage themselves and that's a good tactic i think for a lot of business a lot of managers to really instill that you know the rules you know you have rules when you drive on the freeway you have rules when you stay in a vacation rental and you need to abide by them or you get fined and yeah. so that's kind of what we're working with but yeah with the advocacy i think it's just so important to get the word out and stressed that it's kind of like voting right but like oh it's just one vote it's not going to really matter yeah. no your one letter does matter yeah. and if you don't send that one letter you could be the turning point of yay or nay so so what can we do as an industry to really, like, obviously, like we keep mentioning, Dave is really leading the charge on this with Rent Responsibly and how that can really affect local communities as a whole and then as a global community, as an industry. Um, what can we, is it going to take more, I guess I'm trying to, how can we spread the message faster in the sense of getting people educated? Because I think there's a lot of people out there from what I've seen, my parents, you know, they have vacation rentals and they manage them and I help them with a lot of stuff and, you know, all this type of stuff. But they, I think they have these issues and they keep bringing me, oh, why can't we do this? And why is Airbnb blocking this? And we can't see that. And like, they have all these questions, but they're just not understanding that all the resources are right there in some sense of kind of like, you know, if you just type it on Google or like you go to LinkedIn or you find, you know, other vacation rentals that are doing the same thing. Um, how do we get the message and like the, just the overall information, maybe less scattered into one central location and spread that a little bit easier? Well, I think Rent Responsibly is doing such an amazing job. They have a hub right now that they're working on where you can go and look at all the other regulations, what are work, what are things working. And so I think if we really direct everybody to the same location, yeah. and I think we need to get the platforms involved too, because not a lot of people do book direct. Mm -hmm. You know, they they do the you know the platforms and so if we get the platforms involved and let them know, you know, Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, all of them, you know, mm -hmm. let them know that. Hey, please send this email out. Let yeah. people know the importance of this. And if they're having issues, they can come and find a, you know, but have one source. And so I can't tip my hat off enough to rent responsibly and how amazing that team is putting yeah. everything together and getting all of us together, all of our advocacy um, team members and being able to throw ideas because why reinvent the wheel if you don't have to? Exactly. Yeah. And Dave is a big fan of the Ford Model T. Uh, and so, yeah, it's such a good one. Uh, if you guys are listening to the episode and you don't know what that is, I'll link the episode with Dave on here, but it's really great. He goes into really good detail about what that is and 
how it applies to this. But um, to it. and then I've used that actually a couple times in um, in city hall, city hall or city hall meetings, talking. And I'm just going to go really quick, just in case you guys don't listen to it because you all mm -hmm. should. But it's really cool because when the first when the first car was built, there wasn't rules or regulations or anything. No seatbelts, no stoplights. Yeah. And over time rules and regulations started coming in place as they real as they deemed necessary and short-term rentals is fairly new and so now it's important that we have rules and regulations in place as well and so using that analogy has opened so many people's eyes so yeah good job exactly and then of course um i want to go into because you mentioned it a few times noise monitoring cameras that type of stuff um what have you seen play a like a role in your business and just kind of overall like day-to-day -day life with having listings on multiple platforms, booking direct and the, the effect of transparency. So like how does transparency play a role for you communicating to your guests? Like what is the best way for you or any other managers listening today that they could take away from this episode and be like, okay, how can I be more transparent in my business and the way I'm communicating with my guests? So we have it in like about, I'd say four or five different locations of our rules. We have it in our listings, saying our noise our noise monitors. We have them cameras, um, quiet hours. We say everybody, our our city council, our city meet, our how do I say, our city um, regulations and our county regulations all say ten o'clock. You have to be inside, but for our business, we do nine forty-five. That gives me a fifteen-minute buffer to case people aren't following the rules. I can get them all in the house prior to lights out. Um, and it's not necessarily lights out, it's door shut, you know, and you're in the house. And it doesn't matter if you're coming in and going, that's fine, but I just don't know loitering around the house. We want our neighbors to get a good night's sleep. And uh, so with the noise monitors, they have been such a huge, huge, huge uh, deterrence. And that there's noise monitors so they they limit themselves and i guess with the fines as well it helps that they know like you know and some people are a little uncomfortable they're like oh i don't really know about it and so i explain it to them and you know it has to be steady for two minutes it can't you know a dog barking or a baby crying is not going to set it off it's it's you're having loud noise if this thing goes off and if it goes off we have a problem so just be respectful and um so it's in our listing it's in our contract it's on every door leaving the house and it's in our message strand that we send to them in our messages. So there's really, I mean, we, we try to be so blatant, obvious of what the rules are that if someone doesn't follow them, it's blatant. It's not a, I didn't know. There's no excuse for, I didn't know because. Yeah. No, agreed. And I think that's really, really key because, um, we, I've learned this from my experience in the hotel world where like maybe we have a, a small resort fee and if we're not at the front desk, not talking about it, they didn't see it online. They didn't see it on this. Like, and then all of a sudden they get their final bill at checkout and they're like, what the heck? Why do I have a $50 charge for a resort fee that I didn't even know about? And it's like, well, uh, we have a resort fee there. Now you know, yeah, now, yeah, now you, now you know, um, but like, it's like, <laughs> exactly but then it's funny because then after that like after enough complaints you're like hey you go to your manager or whatever and say we gotta properly do this let's put a sign at the front desk let's have a thing pop up on the website let's do this x y and z when they're checking in make sure that we talk about their charges and like they see the rate and they see their things one more time um and it just kind of comes back to it probably gets tiring you know having to over communicate 
and have to repeat and educate the same thing over and over again. But the more you do it, the more consistent it is, kind of like having it on the doors and in your messages and in the listing and in the contract. (laughs) The more consistent it is, the easier it will get as time goes on. Because now guests, I think this is going to play a huge role as we, you know, recover from COVID and everything going on, is that the more consistent and across the board we are as a whole community, as a whole industry, um, whether you're in Temecula or Florida or Washington or North Carolina, Mexico, yeah, (laughs) Uh, exactly. Um, The more standardized we are across the board and you communicate these standards and really set that bar, um, the more the guests and the traveler and anybody occupying space will get used to it and become, it'll become standard. It'll become. And that's one thing that we struggle with right now is like, well, the house down the street didn't do that. You know, they're not telling us to come in at 10. Well, I don't know how long that house is going to be there if they keep that, you know, keep that going. Mm -hmm. But if you do stay with us, these are the rules. You know them up front prior to listing, you know, prior to booking. So, um, but yeah, I think if everybody had that same mentality of neighbor first, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that we would by far be more accepted and more wanted in, in these communities. So. Yeah. And have you guys seen any issues with neighbors like that are just hating and never want vacation rentals and kind of like, how have you dealt with that if you have? Yeah, actually, unfortunately, my, my neighbor for the house that I own in Marietta, um, we have each other's phone numbers, you know, and so, and I, I, I found out on an app, like a social media app thing. My husband actually was like, Jess, they're saying your name in here. And I was like, what? And so, I looked it up and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I immediately reached out and I was like, guys, you have my number. Like if there's anything going on, please, please, please contact me. Let me know. And um, they were pretty hostile, pretty irritated. And I get it. I mean, if you were sitting on this irritation for, you know, a month or two, not say anything, how is anything going to get fixed? It's going to be the same, you know? And so the irritation was that the fence was too low, that it's a six foot fence, but people on my side could look over onto their fence. So within two weeks, we had, we raised the fence up three feet, you know, and made sure that it was, you know, and then they were upset that the trash cans were out closer to the street. So we moved those back in and, you know, and it's like, all you have to do is communicate and let us know there's an issue. And we are, we don't want to make you upset. That's the last thing we want to do. We want to make sure that everyone's good and everyone's having a good time, but within respect and within reason. So, um, it's been a little difficult and we've been trying to rework that relationship, but unfortunately sometimes you just can't, you know, as much as you would love to please everybody, you Mm -hmm. know, they were like, we can't, we don't want anybody out in the pool until 11 in the morning. Like, Eh, that's not, that's not going to happen. We we can do, we can do it with reason. You want the fence up? I'll put the fence up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we also put in, um, when I met Dave, Dave showed me this thing. He had a decibel reader, a, a visual decibel reader. Oh, cool. And so we just purchased one and my husband's building a box for it. So it's waterproof, you know, water resistant from the top, but, and then a clock so that we, everyone has no excuse of what time it is. And so we're going to put that in the backyard where people can visually see the decibels and visually see the time. And uh, that way there's one more way of not having an excuse. So So now you have five ways. Five. (laughs) No excuses at this point. (laughs) You just check, like, missed the three boxes. Okay, you're out pretty much. Yeah. Be. <laughs> <And Yeah. that. laughs> well, um, I think that's pretty incredible. And so to kind of like wrap up the, the episode and go into um, 
what you've been doing because like I told you pre you know pre-recording um the Destination Air Award was really created to highlight people that are really just getting through this whole craziness that we're in uh really setting the standard a good example um you know getting creative having the community involved creating that experience um really just representing again that standard and the overall concept of Destination Air creating a destination that most people wouldn't think is a destination um and again, setting the bar high with it. And so with pre-COVID and now in the middle and the thick of COVID, what's been like maybe the top two to three things that you've had to pivot and do in order to create that, um, that drive to continue forward through the end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel type deal? We definitely see the light. And so, yes. and we've always seen it. And so that's why we've just always been like looking forward to go. Um, but so one thing we did is we, when all the restaurants were closed, we contacted a bunch of restaurants and we had them delivering food mm -hmm. to our houses. And so we would give, bring the, you couldn't go to the experience, but we would have the experience brought to you. Um, we partnered with a art, um, like a wine and art type of gal. And mm -hmm. so she would drop off the canvases and all the paints and stuff in front of the door, no contact. And then she'd get on a, a video thing and she'd explain how to paint while people were painting in the house. Wow. And so we really wanted to bring that experience there. We, there's no reason. I mean, you can only want to be in your own four walls for so yeah. long until you lose your mind. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so I think we all feel that. Yeah. Why not go to a house that has a pool? Mm -hmm. You know, you can enjoy the pool in the daytime and you can go and do art and wine in the, ho in the house via, you know, a, an iPad. And so... Um, we did those and then we also partnered with a bunch of different because we had to figure out how we we're going to stay in business and so yeah. we uh, And we didn't know how long it was going to last all the all the weddings in town have still been shut down So and that was a major Bringing of people that was a major source of revenue mm -hmm. So uh, we partnered with some, a surrogate company and a bunch of insurance different uh, insurance companies as well and that really helped during that lull time where we weren't making as much um, we would get people who were having babies or people who had fires or floods and things like that. And that really helped keep us rolling through the process. But now we're, I mean, people, the wineries are back open, weddings aren't happening, but people are just, they're so sick and tired of their home. They want to get away. And now that you can homeschool from anywhere, um, people are going to wineries and homeschooling yeah. the wineries, you know, it's... <laughs> Don't drink and drive. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, don't drink in school, but you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to be 21. <laughs> <laughs> That's you, awesome. You know, and you can go be sitting at your table having a glass of wine. And yeah. You know, so it's opened up a lot more. It seems as though it might even be more busy now being that people are, you know, you can't go to the movies. You can't go do all these things in California. We're so locked down mm -hmm. that wineries are open as long as they serve food. So yeah. Hey, food and wine. Can't complain with that. Food and wine. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you see this stuff continuing after COVID's kind of done? Uh, or do you see us kind of going back to regular times where you don't have to worry about contactless and masks and all the other things that kind of brought up in like people getting the experience outside of the home now, or do you see that kind of continuing on afterwards? You know, I pray to God that this whole mask thing doesn't keep going on. That's my personal opinion. But mm -hmm. um, I think that 
with everyone's fear, um, they're not going to really want to go to maybe a hotel, you know, that fear of staying yeah. in and nothing's wrong with hotels. I mean, everybody's got their own yeah. fit and fancy, but, um, you know, it's more of a shared type of space. When you're in a home, you have your own space. It's been cleaned. Our cleaners are all certified to clean based off the CDC standards. So oh, yeah, um, with the cleaning certification. Yeah, yeah. Just you got to have it. <laughs> got to have it. Yeah. And so if you, if you, there's more of a safety feel of the vacation rental aspect that you're not going to be walking past somebody who might potentially have it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that, um, and I, as I've seen, it seems as though more people are actually choosing and opting to do short-term rentals rather than hotels for that reason. So I'm hoping that this just continues on this trajectory and yeah, we're, you know, we do well. So Agreed. And I think all my listeners know that I'm a, I'm one foot in the hotel world, one foot in the vacation rental world. So I, I agree with you. I think it's definitely when it comes to like that common space thing, but I see the hotels shifting super quick too, to get rid of kind of like a lobby feel and waiting in line for keys and kind mm -hmm. of then maybe instead of growing buildings up, they're going to go horizontal and spread out kind of. And more like find, a short term rental aspect. Yeah, I mean, we have a yeah. couple of hotels up in wine country that are opening that have that Airbnb short term mm -hmm. rental app feel to it you know yeah so i think that's kind of the path that we're on is everything's going to go more in that direction Agreed. So. yeah the new age of hospitality and accommodation and lodging will be we'll be born from this i'm pretty sure we'll, sure, we'll yeah. yeah well jessica <laughs> again at the right place at the right time you know God, yes god willing that's what happens so yeah right place right time with the right people so right. that's yeah and that's the important part too yeah exactly well, again, it's been a real big pleasure to have you on. Uh, I know we didn't debut your first episode, but this episode really is going to show just like the light and the the major uh, perseverance, I think, with vacation rental managers and owners and just the overall industry as a whole. It's really exciting to see. Um, congratulations again on the change of the last name and being married. Super exciting. Um, and just glad to see that you guys are thriving and of course, you know, healthy and safe and all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Will. I really appreciate you taking me on and thank you for the award too. It's very much an honor. Thank you. Of course, my pleasure. Well, we'll keep in touch. And for all the slick talkers out there that are listening, um, obviously, look at the show notes. Everything's going to be linked from uh, the girl's YouTube channel to the website to Rent Responsibly and Noise Aware and all these things that we're going to tag in here. Uh, we talked about a lot. So again, thank you so much, Jessica. And we will talk again very soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.